Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac and Talk, episode 34. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. I am your facilitator, Chanel Allen. Mac and Talk is an open forum Q&A conference call for anyone with Mac questions or for anyone wishing to become more proficient with the accessibility features. Maybe you are trying to decide whether the Mac is the right device for you or you've purchased one, it's sitting around for a while and you need help getting started with voiceover or perhaps you've been using your Mac for a while but have a question about an app or feature. For whatever reason, I am so glad that you have joined us now, tonight, or later on via the recording. In order to keep things running smoothly and to preserve a great call quality recording, we have a few rules, mainly that you just stay muted at all times unless asking a question or making a comment. I will go over our procedures for that in just a minute. Just know we do not use the raised hand feature. And now I'm going to launch into our iBug social media and announcements. The best way to keep up with everything, because I certainly don't have time to talk about all 20 some plus of events that we do every month, is to go to our website, iBugToday.org. There, in addition to checking out our current events tab, you may register to become a member. Registration is free and participation in all training and social events is free. By registering, you'll receive emails of our upcoming programs. And you can also listen to recordings of previous workshops, learn more about who we are, and donate. As a matter of fact, we have a special raffle going on right now where if you donate $10, you are entered into a chance for a $500 Apple gift card. And that drawing will take place on our iBug anniversary uh, celebration in May. And if you purchase six tickets, you can pay $50. So how about that? All that info is on our iBug Today website. If social media is more your style, you prefer to consume all your information that way, well, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash iBugToday. In addition to our announcements, it's a great place for people to pose questions and exchange information in between calls. Also, for Mac users, we do have a Mac and Talk discussion group. If you go to our website, iBugToday.org, look for the Mac and Talk link, you will find the information for subscribing. And if you need to contact me, my email is listed there as well. And finally, we are at, uh, at iBugToday on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is a great place where our Twitter master, Herbie Allen, posts lots of Apple news, particularly stuff related to the Mac, lots of how-to guides, and useful info. In addition to our announcements, even if you don't have Twitter, you can just go to twitter.com slash iBugToday and read up on everything there. And if you like YouTube, if you find it easier just to listen to things on YouTube, we have a channel, iBug Today, where in addition to our previous workshops, the lessons from the last class have been posted there. And once this current class is done, and I'd like to especially welcome my students, uh, once this class is done, those sessions will be posted to YouTube as well. 
If you prefer listening to podcasts, well, you can find us in your podcatcher or smart speaker of choice. Just look for iBug Buzz. Speaking of iBug Buzz, we have several events coming up. I'll begin with what we have this week and then go into next Monday. But on Thursday, we have It's iBugs Life from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. All times are central, and everything takes place at the same Zoom ID and link. And It's iBugs Life is facilitated by George Batiste. He discusses various topics of independent living. This month, the discussion will be all about spring cleaning. On Friday, we have iBug Night at the Virtual Movies. This week's feature is CODA, and you may join in the fun beginning at 7.30 with the pre-movie social, followed by the movie at 8 and a discussion afterwards. On Saturday, we have the iBug Apple Workshop. It is a great place to come to hear all the latest with Apple, rumors, all that good stuff, and... Our members give great demonstrations of fun apps or useful apps, and we get to enjoy those. And on Monday, we have the iBug Buzz. That is a Q&A conference call for anyone with iOS and iPhone, Apple TV, all those related questions. You can ask your Mac questions here. But on Mondays, it's solely devoted to iOS. That takes place from 7 to 9. That's every Monday. And stay tuned to our Clubhouse, because on Tuesdays, we alternate between um, the Mac Buzz, which is very similar to Mac and Talk, and the iBug Mini Buzz, which is similar to iBug Buzz. And that is from 5 to 6 p.m. Okay, that's a lot of announcements. Now it's time for introductions. And what you will do is unmute, say your name, wait. Oh, first of all, find a good place in the conversation. This is for asking questions. Find a good place in the conversation uh, where there's a break. Say your name, wait for me to acknowledge you, and then ask your question or make your comment. Once you're done with that, then please go back on mute. But for right now, just let us know who you are, where you are calling from, and if this is your first time joining us for Macintalk. I'm Chanel Allen in Houston, and I've been facilitating this since, I don't know, 2020? 2019. 2019. Okay. At least awesome. fall. My name is Brad, and I'm in Dallas. Hi, welcome, Brad. This is my Judy name is from you. Whoops. Okay, Judy, go ahead. Hi, everybody. Judy from Connecticut. Oh, great to have you. Welcome, Judy. Thanks. Kim. And I am Kim from Indiana. Welcome. John in Wisconsin. Hi, John. Michelle. Okay, Michelle. Yes, I'm sorry. Michelle Hughes uh, from Marlboro, Maryland. Great. Welcome. And Dan? Yeah, Southern California. Welcome. Glad to, be here. Glad to, glad to have you. <laughs> Kathy. This is Harry in Reno. Okay, welcome, Harry. Glad you could join us again. And Kathy. Yes, this is Kathy from Boston. Hi, welcome. It's Diane from Atlanta. Hi, Diane. Glad you could join mm -hmm. us too. Thank you. 
I'm Darcy in Canada. Welcome. And I know some of you from Clubhouse, but this is my first time on one of the Zoom things. Awesome. And how did you hear about uh, Macintalk? I guess on Clubhouse, right? Yeah, the thing earlier today, the, the awesome. Clubhouse thing t earlier today, I heard about it. So. And I know you, you have a Mac? <laughs> I do. Awesome. Well, you're welcome here. Glad to have you. Thanks. Boomi from Toronto. Oh, welcome, Boomi. Thank you. Tim from Linwood, Washington. Yay. Hello, Tim, and welcome. Jim from Bellingham, Washington. All right. And I've listened to Darcy Bernard for years on his podcast. Yes, he does a good one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Shri from Virginia. Hi, Shri. Welcome. <laughs> Elisa and Porter, and it's my, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, they, it's your first time in a while, so you're, yeah. you're welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you. Okay. Jan from Ohio. Oh, Jan, welcome. And I think you've been with us before, right? Yes. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you back. Suva from Houston. Suva, welcome. Glad to have you here, too. Okay, well, if that is everyone, and just feel free at any moment to introduce yourselves with a question or whatever, who would like to ask a first question tonight? Michelle. Michelle, yes, go ahead. Um, I am really slow, even though this class is uh, is very helpful, and I'm looking forward to being able to spend more time uh, with you have to offer. And I am have already started working on my uh, uh, MacBook, and I feel like I need to go buy another computer with a, <laughs> another laptop that's got some keyboard that makes sense to me. <laughs> Aww. But I, I, I'm not going to quit, though. So, um, is there anything else that Apple had besides the MacBook? <laughs> okay. That's anything else you're, you're talking you want to know about other... Um, Max, or you want to know like oh, oh. what Apple, what other devices Apple offers? Yeah, the, uh, the Apple has some other type of laptop that's not Mac, uh, Macintosh, or whatever. Okay, well, who wants to? This is yeah, Brad. Yeah, Brad, go ahead. Well, Apple has several different laptops, but basically. They're all pretty, from the user point of view, they're all pretty much the same. I mean, the difference okay. in them is specifications of processor and um, a lot of other technical stuff. Um, right. But that, that, you know, uh, but as far as the basic user experience, mm -hmm. they're all the same. The keyboard is pretty much the same. They all run okay. the, the same operating system. I mean, that is, that is the Apple. It's a Mac. And right. 
you know, it, no, that they're pretty much all the same. Okay. This well, thank Suva. you so much. Yes, yeah, Suva, go ahead. So, is this just a keyboard? Do you like a different style of keyboard, or like, am I just getting it? Is that always giving you problems, or is it the keyboard? Because if it's just a keyboard and you like a different keyboard, there's a lot out there, and you just easily get a Bluetooth keyboard and connect that, and it's good to go. Uh, if you oh, don't I like can... the, the, yeah, go ahead. If you don't like the laptop keyboard, that's what I mean. But if it's something else, then yeah, you would rather have maybe get something else. But am I understanding the question correctly, or? Well, I like the Apple products. Everything I have is, uh, you know, it's an Apple product. Um, and um, uh, this is the first uh, device that I'm, I'm being challenged, you know. And um, um, and I was wondering if there's another way. Um, now, did I hear you say that I could get a keyboard that will work with the Mac? Absolutely. I'm sorry this to is, hear you. This is Brad. Mm -hmm. Michelle, which model uh, MacBook do you have? I have MacBook Air. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, and it has know. it has F keys, not not one of the MacBook Pro models that had the touch bar. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, when you say touch bar, are you talking about? Um, the pad that's in the front. No, no, that's key. a touch pad. For several oh, years, several mm -hmm. years on the MacBook Pros, they replaced the F keys with a touch bar, and it oh. would. It was like a. It was similar to, perhaps you know, it it, it replaced the F key, so it was long and skinny. Oh, but what was yeah, on yeah. it would change, and there was different mm -hmm. ways you could have it set up. Um, it is it's there's it's not a simple answer but it it was not mechanical f keys and some people loved mm -hmm. it some people hated it and apple mm -hmm. has eliminated it from the newer the newest models of the um uh, macbook pro and it was never on the macbook air and that's a good thing one thing you might want to look at though um the, the apple default way of doing things is to make those f keys uh, hardware keys. That is to say, when you press on certain things and um, F1, F2, it may make your keyboard backlight brighter or dimmer. F5, F6, it may make your screen brighter or dimmer. Oh. F7, 8, and 9 does your media functions. Play, mm. play pause, go back, go forward. And um, F10, um, 11, and 12 is your volume and muting. Um, your your things um and then to make your keys uh perform as normal f keys you have to hold down the fn key which on your mm -hmm. mac keyboard is the uh the front row closest to you on the extreme left hand mm -hmm. corner mm -hmm. and there is a way in your keyboard preferences there should be a checkbox to reverse that behavior and some people like to like it as is some people like myself I prefer to reverse it. If I want to oh. um, access any of those hardware features, I, I can hold down the FN key. Uh, but if I want to use the F keys as F keys, and there are many voiceover commands that do use the F keys, you hold down the VL modifier and, mm -hmm. and they, will, they will perform certain voiceover functions. Uh, even though that FN key is right next to 
the VO modifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, I used an Apple keyboard that was older and did not have an FN key on mm-hmm. my desktop Mac mini. And I wanted the behavior on my laptop and my desktop to be the same. So I changed mm-hmm. my laptop to be so that um, the F keys performed as standard F keys. And if I wanted to, I would push the FN key to use the hardware. So if that is something that is an issue for you on your MacBook Air, you might look at that that toggle. And um, it's a checkbox, I should say, in your keyboard preferences. And I, if you want a review of that, you can listen to our last lesson uh, for the last. So I went over that. So okay, cool. Yes, Yes, Shree. Yes, Shree. Yes, it's Michelle, right? Yes, Michelle. So Michelle, I just want to say two things. Number one, um, we all started where you're at. So (laughs) okay, it it is a uh, it's a journey, and it's a it's an interesting journey, but it's an enjoyable journey as long as you know you keep working on it. Okay. Um, I started with the MacBook Air also. When I first got my first Mac, it was a MacBook Air. Okay. The only thing that I would suggest is, um, at least for me, it was easier for me to type on an external keyboard, especially a keyboard with a numpad on it. It's a little bit wider mm-hmm. than the, the MacBook Air. It's a little easier on the fingers to hit the key, especially if you're not really, um, you know, speedy with the keyboard, you know, I would suggest just getting an external keyboard. This is Judy. Yes, Judy. I just wanted to echo three, um, Michelle. I I took the course. Um, I bought a Mac a Mac Air um, mm-hmm. a year and four months ago, and mm-hmm. um, I tried to read everything I could. Um, and I took Chanel's wonderful class, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I am a slow learner too, Michelle. Oh my god! Dang. And oh, yeah. and I I worked at it and worked at it last December until last May. And then I I felt like I just wasn't making any progress. And Mm -hmm. I just closed the lid. I said, I need, I just need a break. And I didn't even open the lid again until September, this past Mm. September. And I I was determined, Michelle, I I said, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to learn this. And it took me, um, I guess, what am I at? Seven months now of just really being patient with myself and just mm-hmm. going over those classes, you know, almost sentence by sentence. And it started finally, finally, little by little. Uh, making sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little mm-hmm. by little. I mean, I, you know, so I just want to give, offer you encouragement that it does feel uh, thank you. I overwhelming. Thank you, but I need the encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I love uh, technology. I, I've always been this way. Yeah. And uh, this MacBook has really gotten my goats, you know. I'm like, I don't understand why I can't understand this, you know. You will, you will. Mm-hmm, I mean, it might mm-hmm. be a year and five months, you know, but you yeah. will understand it. And you're going to be so, I, I might experience just joyful Thank you. when you Thank get you. it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you all. I Judy is that. so encouraging. And uh, John, yeah. let's go to John. I think mm-hmm. a, a good way to look at it, and I'm going to give you a little bit of analogy. When I was working, I tuned pianos. When I started tuning pianos, when a sophomore in high school, <clears throat> there's roughly 240 to you know, 230 to 240 strings on the piano. I'll, I'll get through this real quick. Hang on. Mm-hmm. So when I would start off tuning, my first piano took me five hours to tune. 
Mm-hmm. I would tune once around. Oh, geez, I got 229 to go. Now, and you don't have to really know much about tuning, but there's different segments of the piano. So mm-hmm. what I did is I broke it up in chunks. Okay, I would tune the middle section. Oh, that's done. Then I would do the, the, treble, sec- the treble section, whatever. But once I broke it up in chunks like that, it was not as over- overwhelming. So mm-hmm. it was a lot easier to get through that instead of you're doing, uh, let's say, doing, doing 230 strings versus breaking it up in chunks. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I'm a piano player, and I understand what you're talking about. Thank well, you. Well, then when you, you when you learn a piece, you uh, I don't know if you play by ear, but if you when you learn a piece, you don't learn that piece all at once. You no, take you it, don't. Okay, mm-hmm. then you take it measure by measure or whatever. Okay. So that's yeah. how you can. So the Mac is the same thing. You know, you're it's you're not gonna wake up tomorrow morning knowing everything. Well, of course, I, nobody I does. Yeah. yeah. But, so okay. just break it up for yourself a little bit. Okay. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank this you. Means Mich- a lot. Thank mm-hmm. you, Michelle, for the question. And Okay. Uh, this will be our last comment, and then we'll move on oh. to a new topic. So go ahead, Darcy. Okay. I was just going to say to uh, Michelle, I don't know if when you first got your Mac, if you did the little... Um, voiceover tutorial that you get when you first turn it on but if you didn't it's worth going back and revisiting that because um it, it really teaches you the basics in sort yeah. of an, an interactive way uh-huh. and you can if you if you get like that helped me a lot because when i first got my mac um that was all i really had right i turned it on and the voice told me if i want to do the tutorial to press whatever it was to press and you know that's that's where i started and that's i think some people maybe skip that and i think if mm-hmm. it's worth it's worth doing if you haven't it is and that's what it. i recommend um mm-hmm. in my class and it's one of those things i should have done probably <laughs> I, right, I listened right. to the podcast i was just oh, okay i'm gonna you know listen to so and so but yeah i think if i i that is definitely a, a a good thing the tutorial is there and you know in this class or in any um training any articles you may read online whatever i just mm-hmm. love the piano analogy um because yeah, i, I used to but you know you learn i may be teaching you several pieces in the class mm-hmm. but i hopefully mm-hmm. am able in teaching you those pieces i do break them down into measures or and bars or whatever and, and then mm-hmm. and then that gets so anyway mm-hmm. thanks so much everyone for the input yeah, i so love much, tips everybody. on learning so mm-hmm. all right who has our next question Bumi. Bumi, yes, go ahead. How do I get right option T to tell me just the time and not date and time? Okay, would like to answer Bumi's question. I can tell you, this is Chanel, I'll tell you that I basically modified the Apple script. So I took the date out of my script and that's not very helpful, but the the nice thing about Apple script is it's written and, you know, you can understand, I know nothing about scripts. I know nothing about, I just like to get in there and play around and cause all sorts of trouble. But I didn't, you know, you just, um, you make a separate copy, you find it in, 
the library folder and under scripts and then you could just kind of look at it but I don't know if anyone else has an easier way or if there's already some pre-written scripts out there that don't have the date in them um this is Brad yeah Brad oh for a long time I've never used the um the keyboard commander where you what is it the T for time yep. is that it right and option T yep I always I've always just hit VOM twice and then it's on the far right end of menu extras and I've been able to modify that to say what I wanted to say and you can do that in your um, um, menu bar and uh, preferences that's, that's what true. I've always done yeah and that's pretty simple in there there's some navigation quirks right now. I guess I haven't checked to see if they. And the, isn't that, that under Doc? I think yeah, yeah, now it's under yeah, menu, bar, yeah. menu bar and Doc. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's what it is. But sorry, old school. I've been various, various no, versions I of the Mac. Yeah, OS, I know so. it used to be. Yeah, it used to be in a time and date thing. So I get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they've incorporated some things into uh, menu bar and Doc uh, under system preferences. Right. So I am, yeah, Shri, go ahead. So, so Brad, I'm, I'm trying to remember, isn't it like if you just simply navigate, you're going to miss it because isn't it like it skips it and then you had it like right arrow or something to get to the other side? Yeah. Oh, God, I haven't done it in a couple of months. Um, there was, and I haven't looked at it since the latest update um, last couple there was something where you would go into uh, you go into mini barn dock and there's a sidebar with all the different categories and you can navigate in it and using V, you know, v VO shift down arrow to interact with it. And as you would VO right arrow to move down the list, it wouldn't read everything, but if you just don't interact with it and just use plain arrow key navigations, You'll, you're, it reads it better. Um, and then once you've landed on the correct item in the sidebar, forgive me, I'm probably, I hope I'm not wrong because it's been a couple of months. I set it and I don't have to go back to it. Then I VO right arrow out of it and, and then move, move to where I need to go and, and set my, my time in the menu extras the way I want. Now I'm going to have to look at it. Sorry. I'm good at doing it, but if I don't do it every day, I, I forget the little intricacies of it. Yep. And there was a quirkiness because of a bug. There was. You had to not interact at a certain point or like it. use the down arrow or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Down arrow. And it's pretty much all the way at the bottom. Right. Um, I think it, I can't remember if it was the last item or the second to the last item. God, now I got to go look at it. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. Um, so, all right. Who has our next question? This is Diane. Yes, Diane. Um, I, it's kind of crazy because I heard the answer a while back when I, um, was on this, but, um, how do you, um, get your Mac to announce the time like hourly 15 minutes or whatever i forgot what he said totally. oh that is 
also in that same area or if somebody does anyone can anyone help her out with that how to get the mac to announce the time on that hour half hour um quarterly or whatever yeah it's brad yes brad it's in those preferences for menu bar and dock which by the way i'm looking at it and when i navigate that it's sidebar but it calls it calls it a table but it is a sidebar to those of us who still have a little bit of sight right uh and it's the third item from the bottom it says menu it says says clock menu bar and then you navigate via right arrow and you're over here to date options and then you go through here and there is an option in here to announce the time every hour or every half hour or every 15 minutes, but that's where you go for it. Thank you so much. It was you that answered the last time I remember. Oh, it was okay. my guru. Uh, yes. That's guru probably Brad. the last time I looked at it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Brad. All right. And yeah, I do see that time thing. So excellent question. It's good to review some of these things that it's easy to forget. So yes, I just, excuse us, Brad, I just found it. There's a checkbox to announce the time. Yep. And then there is a pop-up button to choose what, how, how often you want it to announce the time. And like I said, hourly half out on the half hour or every 15. Excellent. Thank you for Thank making you, me love. go look at this again. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. Who would like to ask our next question? Elisa. Yes, Elisa. So I was wondering, because I know there's different um, Zoom clients. I think I'm not sure if I'm asking this question correctly. And my question now. Okay. <laughs> Are you wondering how to get Zoom or how to use it once you have it or what? It, um... I mean, is there different Zoom clients for the Mac? Because um, I tried looking for it yesterday and it seems like there's a lot. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. There are two. If you go to zoom.us slash downloads in your web browser, because you're not going to find it in the Mac App Store. Oh. You have to go to the Zoom website. So zoom.us forward slash <laughs> download and it will the the it the it will be able to zoom will be able mm -hmm. to tell through your browser what platform you're running it on and it will know if you are uh, running a mac or a windows pc or some other desktop operating system linux mm -hmm. chrome something like that now there is a button in the middle that says download zoom or download now something like that Mm -hmm. uh, and if you use VO navigation and navigate VO right arrow, either one or two, two mm -hmm. steps, there is another option to download the Zoom client for uh, an M1 Mac running Apple Silicon. And those are the only two choices for the Mac. Now, either one will run on Apple Silicon. Um, it will just, if you're running Apple Silicon, the one for Intel will, will automatically the Mac will prompt you to install a converter called Rosetta 2. And you don't even have to worry about it. But, but mm -hmm. the, the keyword is, if you're running the Intel one, the one for M1 Mac will not run on it. 
So, yeah, uh, but my mom. Sorry, Brad. Go ahead. No, you can continue, Brad. Repeat that. I said you can continue. I'm sorry, I don't understand. I think he was done. So, oh, okay. oh I thought I wasn't sure. No, was that like, was it. There's just two yeah. for the Mac. Because my, this is Elisa. My mom was looking at it on the App Store, and I was like, I don't think you go to the App Store. No, you this don't. is Brad. If you're looking for it on the iPhone or iPad, you will find it on the app on the iOS or iPad OS app store because that's really the only place you can get things for the iOS platform. But on a Mac, there is a Mac app store, but there is also a, a world of possibilities that exist outside of the Mac app store. Yeah, because I was like, I don't think you go to the app store. I was, I thought I knew I was right that you didn't go to the app store. I was like, I know you go to Zoom.us. That's why I was like, Mama, you don't go to the app store. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck getting it and installing it. And I mean, um, may need assistance once I get it installed. How to use it? Oh my god. Well, we're always here to I'm scared. for next time. Yep. Um. Anyone else want to have have some comments for Elisa on just getting started with Zoom? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. One more one more thing to be aware of. Uh, when you install it on the iPhone, it's going to ask you uh, permission to use the microphone, position, permission to use the camera. You're going to run into some similar stuff like that on the Mac as well. And it may have a couple of other security questions. It may prompt you to open uh privacy and security in the system preferences and there is a couple of things you have to enable in there but if you just read the prompts and be patient and pay attention to what the prompt says it will guide you through it there's some security on a mac that doesn't exist on your windows desktop um, that exists on a mac and but um, the zoom uh, the you will be prompted by either Zoom or the Mac OS to do what needs to be done. Great. All right. Excellent question. How it's, you know, how we get connected socially, participate in events online. That's really important. So um, who would like to ask our next question? This is Kim. Yes, Kim, go ahead. Um, I didn't even pay attention the couple times I've been on my Mac, but um, does the Mac have a device that changes your time for you? You know, last weekend when we had to switch the times, did my computer do that or do I need to go do that? Who would like to answer Kim? This is Darcy. This is Diane. Okay, Darcy and then Diane. Oh, I was just going to say that it does automatically do that. It will automatically change the time. You won't even notice. But if, if you want to make sure that that happens, um, you can go into, I think it's in date and time preferences. And that's there's a there's a checkbox. But um, but if, if you have your time zone set correctly, um, which, you know, you should, because it happens yeah. by default, um, it, sh it should automatically adjust itself. You shouldn't even have to worry okay. about it. Great. Okay. Okay, and Thank Diane? I was going to say the same thing. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad our Macs and our phones just do that for us. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. That's really nice. It, this is Brad. 
Yes, Brad. I want to add to that. I went to California last week, and as soon as I used my Mac for the first time in California, it adjusted to Pacific time. And as soon as I came home, turned it on, it adjusted Ooh. back to Central time. So awesome. they, it takes care of it for you. It just knows some through your IP address or something, your location services, where you are. And it'll, it'll adjust all that stuff automatically. You don't have to even worry about it. That's so cool because I have one, two, three electronic clocks around here. Two of them have to be reset and one doesn't. I found that the Mac and iOS, the Apple stuff generally tends to be more automated and reset it for you better than the other things I've used. Mm -hmm. So great question. It just works. Yes, it does. Awesome. All right. So who would like to ask our next question? This is Jim. Yes, Jim. So <clears throat> I have an old MacBook uh, 12, yeah, 2012. And so I'm wondering, uh, you know, it will not run Monterey. I have Big Sur on it and uh, having struggles with that. But anyway, so I'm curious. Uh, if I decide to buy a new computer, what would I have to look forward to with Monterey? Is is it an improvement over uh, over Big Sur? That was my question. Great question. Does anyone have an answer for Jim? This is John. Yes, John. Um, I think, Jim, one reason you're having a problem with your uh, with the MacBook, uh, the, uh, the 2012, pretty much I'm gonna guess that's a rotational drive and it's formatted to Mac external journal. And um, from Mojave, uh, uh, yeah, no, from Catalina up, um, it, ex uh, it requires APFS. And I don't think you can really do that on a uh, rotational drive. You can, uh, but it's not really recommended. So uh, what kind of problems are you having uh, with uh, Big Sur? And I still think that's part of the reason. <laughs> you know, th this is uh, the MacBook Air, so it does have the internal electronic drive, but it's just acting squarely right now. I, this is you know, this is probably not the place to get into it. But once like the mail, uh, once I updated the uh, the latest update, then mail quit working properly. So I guess I'll figure all that out. But so I'm just curious if anybody uh, has started using Monterey and uh, what improvements that Brad. it has made. Yes, Brad. You're not going to find a whole lot of differences between uh, from Big Sur going to Monterey. Um, there's a focus has replaced do not disturb or actually it's it's an improvement on expanded do not disturb that comes to mind. Um, there may be one or two other little things. There's no no real accessibility differences um, between the two. Um, your 2012 MacBook Air is definitely long in the tooth, and you, I think, if could afford it, would find it 
well worth it to move to the new MacBook Airs. They're not only newer, they run on the M1 chip. And that'd be like going from a propeller jet to a propeller plane to a supersonic jet. Um, it'd be well worth your, your time if you can afford it to, to well worth your money if you can afford it to, to make that move. But you would find it to be a world of difference. As far as Big Sur to Monterey, not much difference. And I'm kind of wasn't even aware that a 2012 would run Big Sur. So it's interesting that you've got it to run on it. I have, I've loaned it to a friend, a 2012 MacBook Pro. I put Catalina on it. And I got to get him to bring it back because it's got some issues on it. And I may have to wipe it and take him back to Mojave. But um, Does the new MacBook Air have the touch bar? No, no, no MacBook ever had the touch bar. No MacBook good. Air ever had the touch bar. That's and the good. new MacBook Pros do not have it either. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for your question. And, you know, maybe some general computer cleanup might might help. But, yeah, it sounds like um, – and it, I think just sometimes – there may not be a huge, big, a uh, lot of differences between Monterey and Big Sur. I just find some of the things are a bit more consistent, like Control Center, Notification Center. But you'd probably want to be updating more for the power and the specs of a new computer than for a the you know Mo Monterey or Big Sur versus Monterey. So, excellent question. Who else would like to ask our next question? Elisa. Okay. Oh, was somebody else speaking? No. Oh, this is Dan, but I'll, I'll, I'll defer. No, go ahead, Dan, because you haven't had a chance to ask yet. So go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I would very much like to read the uh, lyrics in my uh, music app. I have a bunch of music in there, and uh, I'm unable to determine how to get it to read the lyrics. I found the lyrics button and I can hit that and I can uh, voice over error around and, and there's no there's no lyrics to be found. So I'm doing something wrong somehow and I, uh, I I've I've uh, I've uh, uh, picked out selected a, a track and and then hit the lyrics button and it, it, it'll show it'll just say no lyrics and Obviously, there, there has to be. So I'm wondering if someone knows how to bring up the lyrics in the music app. Uh, just to clarify, you are using the music app? Yes. Okay. So getting lyrics to show in the music app. Does anyone have any idea? It's Diane. I just have a point of clarification. Sure. Go ahead, Diane. Is Are you using the music app on the Mac or somewhere else? On the Mac. Okay. Well, I can't answer that one. Who else would like, does anyone else have an answer? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. I've not used this feature before, and I know there are all kinds of little issues I've experienced with the music app. I'm not a tremendous fan of it. Um, but I'm wondering if there's an accessibility problem here with it showing the lyrics. And you say you move, or you click on the button and then you navigate around 
and there's none to be found. Now, I don't know that you find an area where the lyrics are supposed to be and try interacting. Um, and then I'm wondering once you interact, is it like, you know, a graphic that isn't accessible to voiceovers, what I'm wondering. Mm, that's an interesting point. Um, well, I, I have not found, you might be right about the accessibility. I did get the lyrics to work one time and I'm not sure how I did it, <laughs> actually. Um, I've never found any place to interact with to, to, uh, to get the lyrics, so. Yeah. It's suggestion might be right. head is, is this Brad, it's suggestion I is if you have sighted assistance or you can hold your phone up and use Be My Eyes or, or Ira, I use Ira on my Mac and they're able to access all, access all kinds of things using TeamViewer and they're able to see it on their end. Now they don't have the benefit of my screen reader on their end, so they're not gonna be able to test that for you, but just simply holding up your camera, uh, phone's camera and letting them look at the screen, would they should be able to tell you if there's something graphical there that voiceover is not letting you know is there. Great idea, thank you, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do that. This, this is Tracy. Uh, okay, Shri, and then I think I heard someone else, but I don't. It was Darcy. Okay, so Shri and then Darcy. Yeah, I would also suggest maybe contacting Apple Accessibility since it's a voiceover navigation issue. They may also walk you through it by screen sharing it. Well, that's a good idea. Okay. And Darcy? Okay, so I missed the last little bit of what you guys were saying because I went and tried to do it myself. And I got a song playing. And I hit the lyrics button and I went to the end of the screen and there was a thing that said lyrics group and I interacted with zero lyrics group. And then there was like another thing that was like scroll area and I interacted with the scroll area and I could see the lyrics. There you go. Perfect. Oh, oh okay. So there's two levels of interaction for some reason, yeah. a group and then a scroll area. So, okay, so go through that procedure again, please. Okay, so you so you get a I, I don't know if you have to if it's like something you turn on and leave on. I just got a song playing. I found the lyrics button. I hit the lyrics button, okay, and that you revealed. You gotta pause the song first, right? Uh, no, I didn't pause the song first. I just hit lyrics while it was playing. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know whether that's necessary. I've never used lyrics on the Mac before, so this is this is simply the sequence that I did. I have no idea if it's the only okay sequence. So you hit the so, song, then you hit the lyrics button, and then what? And then at the at the end, if you move your v, like VO to the end of the window or to like the last item, there was a thing that said lyrics group. Um, and you interact with that, with the lyrics group, and then it said scroll area, and then you interact with the scroll area, and the lyrics were there. Okay, thank you. I'll uh, I'll do that because I I remember lyrics group. I yeah. guess I just didn't didn't go that that far. So. Yeah, sometimes okay. for some reason, especially in the music app. Um, which is has it definitely has its quirks. I'm sure we've all seen its quirks. But I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of sometimes you have to interact through multi levels of of stuff just to to get what you want. But but it, but they were there for me at least is all I can. Great. And and they may stay on like the, that may be the kind of thing that once you revealed the lyrics it's it's there for every song or maybe you have to turn it on every time. I, I honestly have no idea, but that did work for me. Great. Well, thank you. I'll I'll do that. Okay. Excellent question. And enough.
Another way to obtain access to visual information on the Mac that maybe VoiceOver doesn't see is a little program called VOCR that John Gunn, he submitted a demo of it for us. It's about six minutes long. And maybe we could, because we're kind of on the subject of visual information, we can go ahead and do that demo, unless anyone has any questions right now. All right, well, I will go ahead and play his demo, and it's a really neat app, so. This you is have a computer audio share. Yes, Shree, go ahead. Is that a paid app, or is it? Um, is it, it is free. It is free. All right, thank you. Yeah. So. Zero, zero. There we go. Preview. Oh, let me zero, start this zero, from one, the beginning. Seven, I thought eight, it was the beginning. There we go. Rate six two zero two two one eight two three zero vertical split document group. I'm gonna interact with the document group. In document group content is M. All right. There we go. Let's try that. I Herbie did not tell me how to get this thing back to the beginning. A optical character recognition program. Hello, hello. My name is John Gunn. And today I'd like to demonstrate a optical character recognition program for the Mac. And it's called VOCR, VoiceOver Character Recognition, but, well, anyway, it's VOCR. And it is written by a gentleman by the name of Chi Kim. He's an instructor, I think, at Berkeley, because I think they have one on the East Coast. He's a programmer, but he's also um, an instructor. But he wrote this free program, and it really works out great. I'll explain a little bit more as we do it, but right now, I want to be in the document. 922001. Most, um, a lot of stuff now are sent today um, in PDFs, but in those PDFs, an image is embedded. Well, you'll see right now if I interact with this. Well, I better bring it nine two zero zero. There we go. Preview zero zero one seven eight zero eight four eight six two zero two two one eight two three zero vertical split document group. And I'm gonna interact with the document group. In document group, content is empty. The content is empty. Now, I'm going to invoke um, VoCR by control shift command and hit the letter w finished and you can hear that say now i'm going to command or control command down arrow i 00178084 page 1 of 001 unyoaso cut along this line and this explains this is my amateur radio license by the way and you'll be able to figure out what my call sign is here in a little bit. United States of America. Federal Communications Commission Gale Licensee. Amateur radio license for your wallet and for carefully cut the documents. And that's where they're saying you can cut it. Well, that's pretty explanatory. But that's not what we're getting at. WD9BCH along the lines as indicated. The commission suggests that the wallet size version be laminated or another gun. John P. Similar document protection. 
631 9th Avenue S. Process after Sun, Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, 54495-4117, Commission has found, under certain circumstances, laser print is subject FCC registration number, special conditions, yeah, endorsements, none. 5. This Buo TV 1 Cox A0, Grant Date Effective Date Print Date Expiration March 31, 2018 March 31, 2018 March 31, 2018 June 23, 2028 Alright, so to exit this, I hit the escape key. Exit VOCR Navigation. Vertical Document Group. And I'm going to interact with the document group again. In document, group content is empty. Content is empty. Bye, George. So my point here, this is a image, embedded image in the PDF, and that's how we read it. Now, is it perfect? Of course not. But then it's not a perfect world. But it gives you some of an idea um, what's in this document. So a um, couple of things that I want to point out. Let me get out a preview here. Finder, amateur yeah, window, yeah, 00178084. Quiet now. Let me get out of this here. Close all, right. all. backups. Um, Gun Macintosh. When you install this, um, oh, if you want to read character by character, you would do a shift command or uh, control shift command and then right arrow but that'll be all in the readme when you when you download that a couple of things that you want to make sure of when you install the program I would first of all copy the application to the applications folder and then I would also put it under login items so that's always running and we know that by if I bring up the uh, extras menu Menu extras, third control set text input menu, can third Skype, me, Dropbox CCs, VO time machine, VOCR, menu extra, finder. And, and it doesn't take up uh, much, uh, any resources until you use it. <clears throat> and then, you know, as I mentioned, put that under login items. And that's all you really need to do on that. Now, because of, uh, and I'm using this on Big Sur, and it does work also on Monterey. One thing you want to, uh, a couple of things you need to check, though, to be on the safe side, is you need to make sure under System Preferences, Security, Privacy, and then your Privacy tab, make sure that VOCR is under Accessibility, um, Full Disk Access, Files and Folders, and most important, under screen record. That's obviously, you know, pretty important. So when you do that, um, I'm not going to show you how to add that, but I just wanted to point that out. So um, hope this helps out. And uh, my contact information is gun. That's G U N N at T is in Tango, Z is in Zulu. N is in November. E is in Echo. T is in Tango. Dot com. So gun at tznet. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Thank you, and I hope this works out. Okay, so I'm... Great. Thanks for that demo, John. And maybe just kind of tell people, remind people where they can get it. And then I have a follow-up question for you, if um, and maybe others do as well. Well, that's one of the things I was going to bring up, um, where to get it. Um, if you do a um, Google for VOCR GitHub, that's G-I-T-H-U-B, um, you'll have to kind of search on the website to get it, but that's where it is. Um, and that's, um, I think the last time it was updated was actually um, March 21st or something like that of, of, 2000, of 2021, so a little over a year. But it works great. And the other thing I was going to say, you know, I, I was going to send you the, um, the app uh, completed um, Chanel, but <clears throat> if you're going to distribute that, you've got to include the license and it's, it's an executable. And Gmail does not like executables. I can't imagine why, but they're anal and <laughs> it, is what, it yes. is what it is. The other important thing I was going to add and I should have, is when you're using uh, VOCR, a lot of Macs come in with, for your voiceover keys, caps lock and control and option. For the life of me, I can't figure out why Apple does that. I really don't know. But you, you either got to use caps lock or control option. And Chanel, you can explain that in your class. I'm sure you've already got to that point, but that's really important because you've got to, well, you see the navigation. And it works both, whether either caps lock or control an option. So Yes, it does. Yep. And you had a question. Yeah. So have you used it to um, try to put focus on... Like I know somebody was talking about an app or something where, you know, they had to click on things uh, with that weren't maybe accessible immediately with voiceover. Once you did the recognize the text, you know, that you could go to that text. Um, so are you able to ever click on buttons and in inaccessible apps? Yes, you can. Good example. I've got, um, well, I use Pro Tools for my DAW and I have a uh, Personas faded port eight and I needed to update the soft or the drivers for it. <clears throat> well, if you bring it up by itself, it'll say nothing. Voiceover has, well, you know, just empty. Yep. No windows. Yeah. So if you bring up and I, so then I brought up VOCR and I was able to update the drivers for it. So, and you, you know, you can get to a click, um, click on the button and, um, you know, voice space will, will will um in a lot of cases activate that button so a long answer to your question janelle or chanel yes you can awesome great does anyone else have any questions i thought we've we've touched on the subject here of ocrs and different things um so i just thought this would be a great uh, demonstration and um, thank you very much. So if there are no questions on this topic, does anyone have any questions on another topic? Elisa? Yes, Elisa? 
because I know I was waiting. I was like, I'll just wait. So the Mac has a built-in camera. Is that correct for any for to use a Zoom account? Yes, you don't have to have video enabled, but it does have a camera if you want to do that. Yes. Or, well, I should take it, okay, if you're using a Mac laptop and mm -hmm. somebody else can correct, um, I assume all Mac laptops have cameras? Because um, this is my first time to use uh, to use my Mac in a while. Okay, then if, yeah, yours, so is that your question? Just what, it, does the Mac have a camera? Or This is straight. This is John. Yeah, okay. that, that's my question. Shri and then John. Yeah, I think the only one that doesn't have a camera is going to be a um, Mac Mini or any kind of a, just a plain desktop. But the, all the iMacs, uh, I believe they all they all have cameras on this. Yes. Okay. And John? What he said. Okay, that's <laughs> what I thought. All right. Awesome. And, you know, you may want to get um, some sighted help. I found sometimes just tilting the computer really far back will give the greatest exposure to the camera. Um, but anyway, good. What? Of the ceiling, if you tilt it too far back. Okay. It's dead, it's dead center. Top of the screen, dead center. So you can kind of feel the top and with your arm and kind of envision that, you know, you're pointing it right at your face and you'd be okay. okay. And this is John. Yes, John. Of course, what you could do is you could um, hook up your iPhone, get in mm -hmm. a Zoom and have that be your camera. Then if you really want to drive somebody nuts, move the iPhone around. Yeah, there you go. It would make them a little dizzy. I, I would not suggest doing that. That was only a little joke there. But you could use that, but that's, yeah, what they said is, you know, the camera on the top of the iMac or whatever. Okay. Or the MacBook Pro, same thing. Any MacBook. Oh, this is Diane. Yes, Diane. Um, I just wanted to, you know, also tell her that if she's going to use Zoom on the Mac, um, that maybe get a set of headphones or use your Air AirPods or EarPods. Um because sometimes the microphones and depends on the room that you're using it in, um, you might get a lot of back echo and everything. So, yeah, I think, you know, you use some headphones with it because re it really gets me on these Zoom calls. And even a professional, the government Zoom calls you get, you know, it sounds like they're in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> using it. Yeah. So, yeah, get a headset. Definitely. Zoom does a good job blocking out a lot of noises, but you will sound much clearer with a headset. Agreed. This is Shri. Yes, Shri. A question. Has anyone here worked with universal control on the Mac and the iPad? Hmm. Universal control. Anyone? I was going to ask the same question later, so I'm excited to hear if anyone has. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. I have not. But just uh, since this afternoon's call, I did the update on my seldom used iPad. And that is one of the things I wanted to try out. I listened to the Apple Insider podcast, as may, perhaps some others of you do. 
and they were talking on about it this last week. And uh, of course, they've been running beta, so they knew they've been using it for a while. But I'm interested in trying it out. Uh, I'm not really sure, you know, having my mouse go from one device to another, how useful that is, since I don't see very well, and most of us don't see at all. So, uh, you know, I don't know what other advantages there are to it. I mean, we've already had handoff, and I'm able to you know, copy things on one device and paste them or access open a app that's open on one device to another. So I'm really kind of wondering what it, what benefit it is for me as a primarily a voiceover user. This is Darcy. Yes, Darcy. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering this. I, I've, I'm also curious about universal control, but as I understand it, in addition to your mouse, the keyboard control can also go back and forth as well. So correct. That's you true. could potentially use the, use one keyboard, um, like one keyboard to rule them all basically like you could, um, but, but I'm, 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 I'm really curious. I haven't heard so far anybody, um, who's a voiceover user try and use this thing yet. So I don't even know if, mm -hmm. if it, is in fact possible and what, what benefits it, it, uh, it gives you. So I, I would also be really interested in hearing if anyone's done it. So just to clarify, for those of us who don't know, I mean, I've heard this term universal control, but I think you're saying, some of you are saying what it is, is basically a way where you can control your Mac from your iPad and your iPad from your Mac. Is that? Yeah, basically. And basically the way it works is, if I understand it correctly, visually what happens is if you move your mouse, like say you have a, your, say you have the Mac in front of you and let's say your iPad to your left. And I think I can figure out where spatially where these things are related to each other. Visually, it's almost like you're pushing your mouse through sort of a, a, a layer between and then it pops out you know from your computer and lands and goes onto the ipad and then at that point you're using your trackpad and your keyboard and stuff to control the ipad so and you can also apparently if you grab like files or text or whatever you can kind of um move them back and forth um and again i have no idea if any of this stuff works with voiceover or if it's if it's just visual but yeah it's a way of of sort of controlling multiple and apparently if even if you don't have an ipad apparently you can do it with multiple macs Apparently you can, okay. if you've got um, multiple, you can control them with one uh, keyboard. I think possibly, actually, I don't know if you can do it with multiple iPads, but you can apparently do it with multiple Macs and like a combination of Macs and, and iPads. Um, this is Diane. Yes, Diane. So from what, you know, how I understand it also, you know, it's just like what Darcy said. Um, if he related to like on a on a pc if you have dual monitors and you work you know um because i had a co-worker that did this he did some work on one monitor and he did some work on another but then he can move his mouse over to the other monitor you know one mouse using the same you know and and control the applications that way uh on the mac you know like you said you can move your apps from one uh, to another. So you're kind of acting, treating it like a dual monitor. Um, and yeah, some things will work and some things won't, depends on what you're using, you know, if it's an iPad or, or another Mac or, uh, you know, yeah, some things will work. So that's how it is. Okay, great. 
Well, for any of you who play with it, um, let us know and maybe you can put together a demo or just come and talk about it for next uh, Mac and Talk. It'd be great. With that, who would like to ask our next question? This is Sandhya. Yes, Sandhya. Um, so I, I'm not sure how this is getting set up, but I'm now, whenever I get a notification that says, okay, you're going to have a meeting and, you know, like whatever, 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, and then I do the, I can, I guess, what is it? VO and then command, and then I can then spacebar and then see the different options. And one of them is join the meeting or so forth. I mean, how is that getting set up? Have I done something to set that up or <laughs> Uh, I mean, I know I joined like a calendar event. We've scheduled an event or a meeting. I, I'm just curious. That's all. Yes, Brad, go ahead. You see that a lot. <clears throat> Some of them get, when I add something to my calendar, and <clears throat> I tend to use the calendar on my iOS device because I just find it simpler than um, the one on the Mac. But I do get the calendar notifications on both of my Macs. And probably if you use that iPad, they'd show up on there too. They certainly show up on my watch too. But anyway, um, a lot of times in the location um, where there's a, you know, when you, when you create a calendar event, there's a place for a location mm -hmm. and you can put the Zoom uh, address if it's a Zoom address or, uh, um, um, well, Clubhouse, you know, you'll, you won't have that on your Mac. I don't know about with uh, um, the desktop, well, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> but anyway, um, Zoom events for sure. They should, I, I put them in the address, even if I manually do them, I'll copy the URL and I'll put it in, in the, in the link. And, but a lot of times if I'm sent an invitation that is in the location. So that's where they're coming from. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, did you need help figuring out like how to, or you, once once you get them, you're you're pretty much able to act on them. You're just kind of wondering why you got them. <laughs> like, where are they coming from? Yes. Okay. okay, okay. Thank you. All right. Great question. Oh, this, this is Kim. Okay, Sandhya, go ahead. I'm sorry, one more quick question. Um, how do you, this is very basic, like if you're on a website, what's the quickest way to go to the very top? Is it command up arrow or command this up Brad. Brad? B on your laptop, use V-O-F-N and the left arrow. The left, when you hold down the F-N, the left arrow becomes home. So basically you're doing V-O home. Now, sometimes you're nested and it only takes you to the top of a section, upper left of a section, in which case you can you know, un, you know, stop interacting. And sometimes I end up having to completely unstop interacting with the whole web page. But barring any special stuff like that in a web page, VO Home should take you to the upper left, top left corner of a web page. I frequently find I have to do VO Shift Home on a web page um, to get there. So if VO Home doesn't work, try what Brad said in interacting, or you can also try VO Shift Home. That really works mm. for me. I will try that too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think Kim had a comment or question. I'm just going to comment on the lady that said, where's all this stuff coming from? I have realized that the notifications that I get on my iPhone 
are now going to my Mac. Yeah. Because I'll be trying to read something and all of a sudden it'll say Clubhouse notification. I'm like, get out of here. You know. So I guess it crosses over. Whether you want it to or not, I don't know if there's a way to stop that, but I just kind of hit control and tell it to be quiet. Okay, that's an excellent question. If you know, can you stop notifications from your iPhone from appearing on your Mac? I think that's kind of what you're asking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who would like to answer that question? This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. So the only time I've noticed simultaneous notifications appearing is if it's something universal like messages or calendar or whatever. But you do have a couple of options because your notification settings on the Mac are not, as far as I've been able to tell, tied to your iPhone. So if you set notifications a certain way on your Mac, that should not affect the iPhone version. Like if you turn calendar notifications off on your Mac, I do believe they still remain on on your iPhone. Another thing you can do, you can set focus modes not to share across devices. And so you could set it for your Mac to where focus mode is enabled, where you don't get any notifications and um, it won't affect your phone. You have to go into notifications on focus to uncheck the box. But uh, I don't think your notification settings on the Mac affect the ones for the phone where it could be a problem is like say Twitter is a third party app that will the if you customize notification settings within the app itself those work across like those do transfer between whatever wherever you have the apps but if you were to adjust notifications within the settings on your Mac and not within the app then that would just affect your Mac so Okay, so on my Mac, where is focus? Is that system preferences or? That is system preferences and it's called notifications and focus. Notifications is one tab, focus is another tab. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Awesome. Well, And so I was trying to figure out how to dismiss a FaceTime notification. I had to do it on my iPhone, but that's a whole other question. Um, Who would like to ask our next question? John. Yes, John. Herbie, this is going to be really a simple one for you. Are Are you using a stereo mic? What is it? This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. Yep, I am using a Blue Yeti stereo mic. Um, Just one thing, though, I do need to caution you about. If you get it for the Mac, you will need a USB-C to USB-A hub. I have yet to find a direct USB-C cord for this thing. That sounds good. You can find it on Amazon. It's about $119, and you can find it elsewhere. It's the Blue Yeti. Yeah, I've got the the OWC dock, and it's got... USB-C-A to USB-C, whatever, but okay. it sounds great. It really, so you were coming in through Windows? Nope, I'm on my Mac. Okay. 
But it right. works on both it, the the mic is plug and play, but it and it works on both systems. Right. Okay. It sounds good. I know we're off topic, but it sounds darn good. Yep. But it works this just fine Shree. on the Mac. You plug it in and it works. Okay, Shree, go ahead. A question. Herbie, you said it's a hub. So would it, would the adapter work also, or do you need to have a hub? This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. So I'm going to speak on more general terms. So I have played with both a USB-C to USB-A adapter and a USB-C to USB-A hub. I personally have found the hub to be more stable. I've had issues where the adapter would just more easily get unplugged. So that's why I personally recommend a hub over an adapter. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. On adapters, I'll say one thing I have learned. There is a difference in the third-party anchors, third-party adapters you buy, even the name brands, one like Anchor, versus the adapters you buy from Apple. The adapters you buy from Apple actually are USB-A to Thunderbolt adapters, whereas the adapters you buy other places, well, are USB-A to USB-C. And I have found instances where um, the, the third-party ones from Amazon don't always work. Okay, My wife has a USB-C, a USB older Apple USB keyboard that has a USB-A, and she prefers to use that <clears throat> on her M1 Mac versus the nice uh, Apple you know, magic extended Bluetooth keyboard with touch ID sensor because she just prefers the feel of that other one. I had it plugged into her Mac with a anchor adapter. And there's it sometimes it doesn't work, particularly in the middle of an update. It wants her to type in her password in the middle of the update and the anchor never would work. I had to switch it. And once I switched her to the $20 Apple adapter, it works every time. I don't know what it is. There's something in there. Yep. Generally, it is the Apple stuff is the best. You get what works with your phone. It might be a little bit more, or your Mac, it might be a little bit more expensive, but yeah. yeah. Great. Does anyone else have another question, comment? Bumi. What? Bumi has a question. Okay, Bumi, go ahead. So I find that I'm unable to permanently remove system preferences and voiceover utilities from the dock. Every time I remove them from the dock, the next time I do anything with system preferences or voiceover utilities, they return to the dock. Is there a way I can permanently remove them? Great question. How do you permanently remove an app from the dock? This is Darcy. Yes, Darcy. Just to clarify, um... You, you have closed voiceover utility or system preferences with command Q, right? Like it's not running anymore mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's still in the dock? Okay, that's yeah. really, that's really interesting. from the dock and the because... next time I have anything to do with them, they return. Okay, um, because that's really interesting because like, I mean, the, your dock obviously shows you the things that are currently running plus, you know, the things that you've put there. Um, but generally speaking, if you actually go into the dock options, and remove it from dock it should it should stay removed that's this is john yes john i've experienced the same thing if i uh, install a program or uninstall it and then if i restart 
that installer is still on the dock. So I've seen the same thing um, on Big Sur and Monterey as well. Okay, it sounds like, though, that once you open the program back up, even if you have removed it from the dock, it's going to temporarily show in the dock because you're using it. And then once well, you... Well, it, it'll, and you're right, it'll be in the dock, but if you close the program out, it does stay in the dock until mm. you remove it. Yep, I've seen that before, too. Okay. That is that's odd. That's weird. That's really oh, odd that's, because that's yeah. I've just actually just removed something from the dock not long ago and it and it it's gone so i i i don't know whether there's a glitch where that happens sometimes but that's that's definitely not normal behavior for sure no i wouldn't think it would be neither but no, yep, I, no. i've seen it um yeah that's hmm. really odd okay well i'm sorry but this is don't... michelle oh okay, wait a minute michelle. actually oh, I'm sorry. okay uh, michelle and then darcy yeah Yes, I wanted to comment. Uh, forgive me. Hold on a second. I have time. I wanted to comment. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. Is it I on this to... topic? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, um, it sounds like to me you are removing an app and then it's not deleted. You want to delete it, but instead it still show up in the dock somewhere is that what i'm hearing well she's just trying to remove it from the dock she's not trying to delete an app just just remove it from the dock but oh. it doesn't want to go away so it, it's you know it acts like it's removed but then it keeps coming back that's all. Oh. oh okay so darcy go ahead yeah um i was just thinking about something and i checked in the dock and um what is it dock and menu bar preference pane and there is a thing in there that says show recent items on dock. Oh, and I wonder yeah. if, if you've maybe got that checked. Oh, I should check that. Yeah, see. I bet that's what I bet that's what's going on. Okay. Excellent. Troubleshooting there. Good job. Okay. Yeah, Thank just make you. sure to uncheck it. Um, and then that hopefully that'll help. Excellent. All right, we do work as a team here. So great, thanks so much. And good question, Bumi. And uh, now if I have the same issue, I'll know uh, <laughs> what to do. So great, who would like to ask our next question? This is Jesse. Jesse, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, getting a new Mac. And so I'm gonna be going from uh, the top uh, OS of Catalina current oh, wow. os so any advice or caveats from anybody this is herbie yes yep. herbie okay so messages is going to be mo the most different change with the two systems there's some differences with mail as well but messages i think is like the most noticeable difference with how that works with catalina versus monterey um Mm, a little difference with FaceTime, but it's now become a lot more stable with this latest um, Monterey, so that's not as big of a deal now. Um, some extra things in accessibility, like, you know, uh, image description for voiceover, which really doesn't do much. Another issue you're going to run to into if you use a Siri voice, get ready for double speak, as sometimes you'll hear in certain dialogues. 
it speaking twice. It can get a bit annoying, but oh, I've dealt with the annoyance and kept with my preferred Siri voice. So, um, is Brad. Brad and music app is a little bit different as well. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, oh, one of the big things you said you're going from Catalina to what either Big Sur or Monterey. One of the big difference is how you um, address notifications that may pop up on your upper right corner of your screen. Yes. Um, to get to what once you put, you still can use VO in for uh, notifications and select a notification from the menu that pops up. But once you have focus on that, uh, you're not going to be able to get rid of it the way you used to. You're going to have to use the, uh, uh, what is the item chooser, VO, VO command spacebar to open a little menu to select the different uh, a- actions. You it's actions, what is it? Actions. Menu. Actions. Menu. Yes. Thank you. To choose the things that you can use it every day, but Apparently, I can't remember what things are called. Uh, anyway, you'll need to use VO Spacebar to address these notifications so that VO you can you can dismiss them, can't close them, whatever the different options are. You can't do it the way you did in Catalina and before. And you may find it easier to use VOO. I mean, VON mm-hmm. works great, provided that you know the thing hasn't gone away or you know other things. But VOO, and then once you're in there, VO Command Space. This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. Another important thing to get used to with um, Big Sur slash Monterey is the brand spanking new control center. We do not have that in Catalina, which you access with VO Shift O. Um, Another thing you're going to get used to is now we have the focus modes the way we do in iOS, as I was talking about in the system preferences. Um, Are you getting a laptop or a desktop? Yeah, it's going to be a MacBook Pro a laptop. So another thing you're going to get used to then is it's no longer going to be energy saver. All your bat power settings are going to be under battery and system preferences. Okay. Excellent. So, wow, great. So I heard something about something called Rosetta. Is that something I'll be using? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Rosetta is an interpreter that allows you to run uh, applications written for an Intel Mac on your M1 Mac. If, for example, I would, before you got here, we were talking about the downloading the Zoom app and that there are two versions: one for uh, one one for you know regular Mac and one for Intel. I mean um, M1 Macs. And um, if you try to run the Intel version on your Mac, you will be prompted on your M1 Mac, you will be prompted uh, one time, an alert will pop up asking you that this app requires Rosetta, do you want to download it? You say, yeah, the Mac downloads it from from Apple and you never see it again, just Intel applications. Applications that were written for Intel will just run on it and you never know the difference. Um, But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things now are you know, I had to do that when I got my M1 MacBook Pro in order to run Dropbox, but now Dropbox has updated to the a version for M1. Um, I encountered it when I downloaded the. My wife got a, a Intel, I mean, an M1 iMac back in the summer, first one I'd ever messed with. And I was putting Zoom on it, and that popped up, and I went, wait a minute. And I went back to the Zoom website and downloaded the version for M1. But that's what that is. Um, 
One other thing I was going to mention, I was sitting here looking in the voiceover utility for it. <clears throat> On beginning with Big Sur, there's this new thing when voiceover is running to let you know when there's an alert on the screen. Yep. Like one of these notifications we're talking about because people without vision can't see that little thing in the screen and you wouldn't know it's there. So there's this beep that goes off every few seconds, maybe every 30 seconds or every minute or something. And I'm trying to remember where it is in voiceover. It is utility. in verbosity and announcements. Thank you. And, and announcements, of course. Yep. We were just on that last and week. <laughs> you want to turn, and unless you like that persistent thing beeping at you, um, I have a little vision, so I'm able to see these things in the screen. But people with no vision may may appreciate this notification. But that's where it is, and that's new, beginning in Big Sur. And there are many people. What's this beep? It keeps doing yep. it. That's what that beep is. So that's uh, saying, uh, you know, dismiss, uh, you know, read and then dismiss it. So, it's letting you know there's something on the screen, either a notification or perhaps a system dialogue is sitting there. Something it's alerting you that there's something there that you need to, to that you should take action on. So how do you get voiceover to access that so you can dismiss it? Like what well, Brad was saying. Oh, go ahead, Brad. Well, it's just letting you know it's there. So what I do, there's a couple of ways. I'm a fan. I, I, I know that if it's on the screen, I tend to just do VON and a menu pops up and I can up and down arrow. And there's usually like only one thing in it but there may be two, but it tells you if there's a notification. Uh, if I don't find it in there, I do VOF1 and then do F1 a second time and go through my um, running applications. And that'll tell me if there's a system dialogue. And then I find that, and then I put uh, my focus on the system dialogue. And I, you know, I deal with those the usual way, but the notifications that pop up in the upper right corner of your screen or what, once you put focus on them, you have to use the actions menu, VO command spacebar to close them. And then the beep stops. This is Darcy. John with a follow-up when you're done with okay, this. Okay, Darcy uh, and then John, and we only have two minutes, so those will be the last two on this. Darcy? Okay. I was just going to say very quickly, one thing I would suggest you do, if, if you're, especially if you're jumping more than one OS when you get your new Mac, is you really want to just open up voiceover utility and just kind of go through it. Just go through all the different sections. And then not only will you see what's new, but then you can make sure you've got everything customized the way you want. Like it's always a good idea to do that anytime there's an OS update, just to see what's new in voiceover and just get it customized Excellent. the way. And every, I think every page in voiceover does have the help thing you can bring up and it'll tell you, it'll explain it to you if, if it's not self-evident on each screen but it's wow. just a good thing to do. Okay. Perfect. Yes, that's a great, great way to get accustomed. Uh, and John? Uh, this is for Darcy. Uh, I did check my recent, and that is unchecked regarding the doc. So in a long time since we've hmm. kind of communicated since the old leper days, beta. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's where I remember you from. I was trying to remember what I knew. I recognized the name, and I recognized but I couldn't remember from where, but yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's a puzzler then. I, I don't know what, uh, what's going on there with the doc. 
the dock thing. That's a, that's a strange one. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go to the terminal and just kill Dak. I don't know. Well, you could. This is Jesse. Yes, Jesse. Thanks for that. I appreciate it, guys, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Now what to do when you get a beep thingy and nothing shows up in any of those places? Um, that's my, That's another question for another day. Thanks so <laughs> much, everyone, for coming. This has been great. Thanks, John, for your demo. And uh, we will see you back here. Don't forget about our Mac and Talk list for any follow-up questions, our website, and much, much more. So thank you, and we'll talk to you later.